Tuesday, March 26, 2019. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City right here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every single weekday, and we talk sports with a dose of common sense. We are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Tuesday to you. Yes, we are back. Don't call it a comeback. You know, we took a little time off. Had to get away for spring break a little bit. You know, we went out to Southern California. We visited some family. We relaxed a little bit. It was actually very nice. It was actually a very good thing to get away and spend some time out there. But we are back. We are rested and we are ready to roll. You know, one other thing, one thing I probably should mention. While I was out in Southern California, I did actually do a little research into that whole Santa Anita, you know, killing horses thing. If you listen to the Daily Dose at all, then you know there have actually been 22 horses killed at Santa Anita Park in Arcadia, California. Now, based on what I saw, and again, this isn't really like a scientific study that I did, but while I was out there, I was checking and see if I could figure out maybe what was going on. You know, is it bad soil? Is it a bad track? Is it too narrow? Number of things I was looking at. Now, based on the things that I observed, me personally, I would be checking to see if California drivers are actually out on the track running these horses over and breaking their legs. Because I'm telling you this, after driving for a week in Southern California, I would put California drivers as suspect numero uno. That is a wild, wild place for drivers. Hey, horses, you can't be too careful. Make sure you're looking both ways before you cross the street. Hey, if you'd like to contact us, maybe tell us where you have seen the worst drivers on the planet. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or you can reach us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosesports, and each and every day, we do post a link to the podcast. Here and there, we will post a couple other thoughts or maybe pictures or whatever over on Facebook or Twitter, but if you're not following us over there, make sure that you do. And like I said, if you want to reach out to us very, very quickly, that is a very good way to do it is just hit us over on Twitter or Facebook. Hey, and you should also be stopping by tpublic.com, search Daily Dose, and there you will find some of the latest Daily Dose gear that we have available. We've got Daily Dose t-shirts, we've got hoodies, we've got coffee mugs, laptop cases, a number of Daily Dose items available over at tpublic.com. So make sure you stop by there and pick up your Daily Dose gear. You know, we are actually going to be giving a Daily Dose t-shirt out to the winner of our March Madness bracket pool that was hosted over at ESPN. And I'm just going to say this up front. We made it through the first two rounds. My picks are not doing great right now. That doesn't mean I can't come back. So don't get all excited and think you've gotten me beat. Right now, I am not doing so on my picks, but I still have my champions available. But when March Madness is complete, we will take a look and see who comes out on top of our Daily Dose bracket and we will be sending you a Daily Dose t-shirt just for participating in our March Madness bracket. You know, we had a few people over there signing up. It was good to see a number of you come out and sign up for our March Madness bracket pool. Hey, today on the show, I know it's not Monday. I realize it's Tuesday. You know, we were kind of getting back to normal yesterday, settling back in. So we didn't have the show yesterday. We had a best of yesterday. But today on the show, like we do on a lot of Mondays, we are actually going to be taking a look at a few of the things we learned over the past, you know, three, four, five days in the world of sports, a number of stories coming out, a number of things coming out that we have to touch on. We'll take a look at what we learned today on the show. But before we get to what we learned, 
I do want to take a look at a few things coming out in the world of breaking news just real quick. And let's start off in the NFL, where the NFL season opener for the 100th NFL season has been announced. It looks like the Chicago Bears are going to be hosting the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night, September 5th. So we actually get a classic rivalry game to start things off. Packers versus Bears. I mean, that's not bad for a Thursday night game. You know, last year they had that great finish in their opener. Packers come back and beat the Bears right at the end. So this should be a pretty decent start to the NFL season. In its 100th NFL season, I mean, that's a great way to start it. The league did also announce that the Super Bowl champion New England Patriots will be opening their season that next Sunday night against a team still to be determined. I guess we'll wait and find out who that is going to be. And if I understand things correctly, it sounds like the NFL had wanted to put the Patriots on that Thursday night game, but Patriots owner Robert Kraft said he was going to be busy in Florida for some reason. I don't know exactly what was going on there, but... He had something else going that day, and so they couldn't really do the Thursday thing, so they're going to bump the Patriots to Sunday night. It's so crazy, because I know the NFL just finished up. We're already thirsting for that NFL, aren't we? We're already looking forward and saying, can it please come back around already? Can we please get the NFL going already? We already miss it. Well, don't look now, but there is the opener, and the NFL schedule will be out very soon as well. Hey, you know, one story that I suppose we should touch on is that there are reports that Jason Kidd is going to be among the serious candidates for the Los Angeles Lakers coaching job should head coach Luke Walton get fired. That is according to ESPN.com's Adrian Wojnarowski. And we know that Woj a lot of times does get a number of these things right. Now, the California Golden Bears, they fired their head coach, Wyking Jones, on Sunday. So you know that Cal Berkeley is going to be looking at Kidd very closely. Remember, he did attend Cal for his two collegiate seasons. But Adrian Wojnarowski says the Lakers might try to make a run at Kidd first. couple things to think about with Jason Kidd. In five seasons as head coach with the Brooklyn Nets and then with the Milwaukee Bucks, Jason Kidd compiled a 183 and 190 record. Now, he did help guide the Nets to the second round of the 2014 playoffs, but he couldn't get past the first round with the Milwaukee Bucks in 2015 or in 2017. We all know Jason Kidd had an amazing playing career. He was a 10-time All-Star. Would that be enough to get players' attention in that locker room for the Los Angeles Lakers? I don't know. I don't know if it would or not. A lot of these kids probably don't know who Jason Kidd is. So I don't know if that's enough. I know that LeBron James probably knows who Jason Kidd is, but I don't know if he cares. And I know that a number of people compare Lakers guard Lonzo Ball to Jason Kidd, and understandably, neither one of them is a great shooter. Both see the floor very well. Both are very, very good passers. And I think Lonzo Ball could show amazing improvement in the right situation. But is that enough of a reason for the Los Angeles Lakers to go out and hire Jason Kidd? I don't know. Now, I will give this. When we look at this Lakers team and we see all the drama and all the nonsense that we have heard coming out of that locker room at times, I'll give Jason Kidd this. His teams with Brooklyn and his teams in Milwaukee, they weren't really known for drama. So he would maybe bring that stability. Hey, we're not going to have that stuff here. We're not going to allow that stuff here. I don't do that. Jason Kidd, he never had those situations in his locker rooms. 
But you know what else Jason Kidd didn't bring? He didn't bring a whole lot of winning. And spin it however you want to when it comes to the Los Angeles Lakers. And trust me, I was just out there. Los Angeles Lakers fans, they don't care if there's drama. You know what they care if there is? Winning. They want to win. And right now, they're not winning. Not sure if Jason Kidd would be the best pick for the Lakers. I guess we'll see where that goes. And one other story coming out that I just, I want to watch it. I don't even want to express an opinion on it because I have no idea where it is going. But here is a story coming out that federal prosecutors in New York and California have charged celebrity attorney Michael Avenatti with extortion and bank and wire fraud. Now, you might hear that and say, well, okay, what does that have to do with anything? In the New York case, Avenatti was charged with attempting to extort more than $20 million in payments from Nike by threatening to use his ability to garner publicity to inflict substantial financial and reputational harm on that company if they didn't pay him. Now, Avenatti, you might recognize that name. He had previously represented adult film star Stormy Daniels in her lawsuit against President Donald Trump. But according to that New York complaint, Avenatti threatened to hold a press conference on the eve of Nike's quarterly earnings call and on the eve of the start of the NCAA men's basketball tournament last week. And he was going to announce allegations of misconduct by Nike employees. Not Adidas employees. We've all heard that story about the Adidas employees. What was Nike doing? On March 21st, Avenatti tweeted a link to a story about an Adidas employee being sentenced to nine months in prison for his role in that pay-for-play scheme that we've talked about here on The Dose. And Avenatti said this, Something tells me we have not reached the end of this scandal. It is likely far, far broader than imagined. Now, like I said, I don't know if this goes anywhere. But just looking at this situation objectively, I can't imagine that Adidas was the only shoe company doing, let's say, some shady things out there when it comes to recruits and getting them to certain colleges. So I don't want to go down this path too far. I don't know. He seems like kind of a shady guy from what I can tell. But I just want to kind of tuck this story away for right now. And let's see if pretty soon we don't start hearing about a Nike scandal in the very near future. Because like I said, I have a hard time thinking it was just Adidas. Adidas was the only ones doing anything. I have a feeling there are probably a few other schools doing things. And hey, we know when it comes to that business and getting recruits and getting the amount of money that we are talking about, I don't know if there's any limits to what people will do. Let's just kind of keep that in the back of our mind and see where that all goes going forward. Hey, coming back, we need to recap what we have learned over the past few days in the world of sports. Of course, the big news on Sunday, one NFL player retired and another NFL player is actually going to quit something completely different. We'll get to all those when we get back. So let's discuss a number of things that we have learned over the past few days in sports. And like I said, you know, usually we do this on Mondays. Usually we recap what we learned from the weekend in sports. Hey, forgive us. We took Monday off. We were kind of catching back up and getting back into the flow of things after we took spring break off. So today, 
on Tuesday, we're going to take a look at some of the things that we have learned over the past few days in sports. And you know, the biggest thing I guess that comes to mind of when I think of things that I learned over the weekend is that we learned that New England Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski is retiring from football, at least for now. We'll see if it lasts, but at least for now he is. He announced it on Sunday morning. I don't know. He mumbled something incoherently about football make Gronk feel ouchy. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski played in 115 regular season games. He had 521 receptions. He had nearly 8,000 yards in his career. He also played in 16 playoff games. He had 81 receptions. He had over 1,100 yards in those games, and he had 12 touchdowns. All of those are records for a tight end. Here's the thing that you're going to hear, and you're going to be hearing it in the next few days, and you're probably already starting to hear it. Is Rob Gronkowski the greatest tight end of all time? And I do look at Gronkowski, and I think, wow, he was great. There were times you couldn't stop him. But as great as he was, we will always remember Rob Gronkowski, and we will always say this one phrase. Well, I mean, when he was healthy, he was great. Because it was rare. <laughs> and it's not like he was Bo Jackson or anything. We did see a large sample size of Gronkowski to say, yes, he was great. No question about it. But in nine seasons out of a possible 144 regular season games, Gronk only played 115 of those games. That's two full seasons he missed. No question. He is among the greats. Hey, Rob Gronkowski could actually block. You could not cover him one-on-one. -on -one. He had great hands. He was just so strong. There were times he was double-teamed, and he still found ways to come down with incredible catches. Is he the greatest of all time? I mean, I would probably look first at Tony Gonzalez. I would probably look first at Shannon Sharp. A few other guys might be out there. But when he was healthy, yeah, Rob Gronkowski was one of the best ever. He just wasn't always healthy. And we'll always remember that about Rob Gronkowski. We did also learn over the past few days that New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft is really very, very, very sorry. Kraft commented this past Saturday for the first time since he was charged with two misdemeanor counts of first degree prostitution solicitation. And here's what Kraft had to say. I am truly sorry. I know I have hurt and disappointed my family my close friends, my coworkers, our fans, and many others who rightfully hold me to a higher standard. Kraft went on to say, throughout my life, I have always tried to do the right thing. The last thing I would ever want to do is disrespect another human being. It's just that sometimes in life, everyone needs a hand. Okay, well, I'm not sure he said sometimes in life, everyone needs a hand. I think we can drop that part of it. Uh, but here's the other thing. Robert Kraft is pleading not guilty to this whole thing. So here's my question to Patriot fans and Patriot players and Patriot coaches and Robert Kraft himself. What is he sorry for? What did he do? He didn't do anything according to him. He's pleading not guilty. Why are you sorry? Why are you saying you're sorry? You've disappointed your family, your close friends, your coworkers, your fans, whatever. Why are you sorry if you didn't do anything? Here's the thing. If I get accused of a crime that I didn't commit and they say, hey, Clint, Daily Dose host, you robbed a bank. I said, no, I didn't. I didn't rob that bank. No, you robbed this bank. You're being charged. No, I know, but I didn't, I didn't do that. I didn't rob the bank. I, I wasn't there. I wasn't involved. That had nothing to do with me. I don't come out and say, hey guys, I'm really, really sorry. I know I've disappointed a lot of you. I know there are a lot of you that had faith in me and I'm, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to hurt anyone. Oh, and by the way, I didn't do anything. That doesn't even make sense. Why is Robert Kraft 
apologizing if he didn't do anything. Honestly, I don't understand Patriot legal arguments. We've heard them again and again, and they don't make any sense. And the national sports media just goes, I don't know. He says he's sorry. What do you want from him? If he didn't do anything, what's he sorry for? I don't understand this. It's confusing. Speaking of sex. Yeah! Which might be a sentence that I literally have never said on the dose before. We also learned this past weekend that Carolina Panthers quarterback Cam Newton is going to give up sex. What? I'm not even joking. That's what he says. He says he's going to give it up for a month. Appearing last Thursday on the Late Late Show with James Corden, Cam Newton suggested that he is going to go through the entire month of March without engaging in sexual activity. Newton notes that he wants to do something challenging on the heels of undergoing that shoulder surgery that he just had. And he added, so now when the season comes around, it makes my mind stronger. I feel like if I go back and I say I did those things, I'm mentally stronger. Hey, pretty impressive stuff. Granted, I don't want to be his center, but hey, that's pretty impressive stuff. And here's the crazy thing. Apparently, Cam Newton isn't the only one because the Daily Dose I-Team has uncovered some very important information. I know, I know it's pretty shocking, but here is some information that the other sports media outlets are not giving you. Apparently, Cam Newton is not just giving up sex. He has also challenged Los Angeles Chargers quarterback Phillip Rivers to a contest to see which one of them can actually go longer without any sort of sexual contact. And this morning at 8 a.m., the two professional quarterbacks are going to start this contest. That's amazing. Nobody else is reporting this. The Daily Dose I-Team, they're on it again. What's that now? Oh boy. Okay. You know, I really, I start to get nervous when I hear this kind of information. When the Daily Dose I-Team brings to me like breaking news, sometimes I get a little bit concerned. What do we have? Okay, the Daily Dose I-Team says they have some exclusive audio of Philip Rivers this morning. This already happened? They said the contest started at 8. This is at 8.02. What is Philip Rivers doing at 8 a.m.? He's not a partier. I mean, he's got like, I don't know, 18 kids or whatever, but he's not like a partier. What is he doing already up? Okay, I guess we have it. Here is some exclusive audio that the Daily Dose I-Team has uncovered of Philip Rivers just two minutes into his celibacy contest with Carolina Panthers quarterback Cam Newton. I'm out. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm out. I'm out of the contest. Well, yeah, I guess that makes total sense. Kid 19 should be coming along any time now. I'm telling you, we learned a number of things over the past few days. Here's another thing that we learned this weekend. Remember a couple months ago when I told you that I was hearing that former San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick didn't get nearly as much money as everyone was saying. We were all being led to believe that he had gotten this huge sum of money. And I had heard that instead of the 80 plus million dollars that everyone was saying Colin Kaepernick got from his settlement from the NFL, that what he got was closer to like 5 million bucks. And that for all of the bluster that we heard about him bringing the NFL to their knees financially, it didn't really go that way. Yeah. We learned this past weekend that the Daily Dose seems to have gotten it exactly right. Because Andrew Beaton of the Wall Street Journal reported on Friday that Colin Kaepernick and teammate Eric Reed received a total of less than $10 million combined to settle their collusion grievances with the NFL. So why did Kaepernick take that deal when he could have forced the NFL to go through the motions 
of a full-blown arbitration hearing. Well, they're saying that the hearing would have lasted for much more than a year and the NFL didn't want that. And they're also saying that the arbitrator told Kaepernick at a final pretrial hearing that his evidence of collusion was lacking and that he was probably going to be spending a ton of time and a ton of money chasing a settlement that he would never, ever win. Of course, by settling, the NFL forces Kaepernick to sign a settlement that he can't talk about in his soon-to-be-released book. Yeah, this isn't the story that we were getting from the sports media world just a few months ago. That's not how this came down. This came down as, hey, the NFL was forced to settle with Kaepernick. And you know what else is coming? One of the teams out there is probably going to sign him to a deal. Yeah, there's going to be a line of teams waiting to sign Colin Kaepernick to a contract. Yeah, how's that coming? Where are all those teams at? Like I said, from what I heard, he didn't have the evidence. And from what I heard, the NFL settled so that he couldn't even talk about it in his book. Again, not exactly the story we were getting though. Let's shift over to Major League Baseball because we learned that Major League Baseball moves are finally starting to get going now that the season is nearly underway. And just for a second, can you imagine if the biggest names in like NFL free agency were still unsigned when the preseason started? We would collectively lose our minds. But in baseball, eh, whatever. No one really cares. The season lasts 10 months anyways. Who cares? But over the weekend, the Boston Red Sox managed to keep left-handed pitcher Chris Sale. They signed him to a five-year contract extension worth $145 million. That deal adds to Sale's current contract because he only had one year remaining and it will go through the 2024 season. Sale will be making $30 million annually in the first three seasons and then $27.5 million in the last two seasons. But Chris Sale is now 30 years old. He has already missed some time with that shoulder inflammation. I'm sure that shoulder is going to get better with age, right? I mean, that'll just go away. That'll just clear right up. I know at my age now, things just clear up real, real fast. They probably won't regret that signing at all. Also, the Houston Astros and pitching ace Justin Verlander, they also signed a two-year $66 million contract extension through the 2021 season. Verlander, who would have become a free agent after this year, did go 16-9 and last year. He had a 2.52 ERA, and he led the American League in strikeouts with 290. But again, don't forget, Justin Verlander is 36 years old. Apparently, the Houston Astros believe he can pitch until he's 40. And of course, the big news last week was that the Los Angeles Angels made sure that superstar outfielder Mike Trout would not be joining Bryce Harper in Philadelphia or going anywhere else when they signed him to a 12-year, $430 million extension that should make sure he remains an angel for the rest of his career. But here's the thing about the Angels and Mike Trout. You had better beef up the talent around him because he still hasn't won a playoff game. And I understand that's not all on him. He doesn't have much help. But you might want to start getting him some help because you're paying him a ton of money. Meanwhile, the thing that stands out to me about these guys getting signed, and I realize they weren't unrestricted free agents. These were guys that still had contracts in place, but I also know these teams wanted to wrap them up. But, you know, we still have a few pretty solid free agents out there that are unsigned. Dallas Keuchel has not been signed yet. Craig Kimbrell has not been signed yet. Now, either their asking price is way too high or Major League Baseball teams, I don't know, they don't feel like spending the money. Maybe they have health concerns. I don't know what it is, but you would think 
these two guys are going to get signed here sometime soon, aren't they? They're pretty good pitchers. And we know in baseball, you're only as good as your worst pitcher. I would think Keiko and Kimbrell would get snatched up here pretty soon. Let's shift over to the NBA, where we learn that Boston Celtics guard Kyrie Irving just still won't shut up. Now, he is beginning to question head coach Brad Stevens' coaching strategy after Kemba Walker scored 18 of his game-high 36 points in the fourth quarter as Charlotte rallied to beat the Celtics 124-117 to on Saturday night. Now, the Hornets closed Saturday night's home game on a 30-5 to run, and Walker scored 18 fourth-quarter points. The Hornets actually trailed 112 to 94 with just over eight minutes left to play. But asked afterward how hard it is to stop Kemba Walker when he's playing so well, Kyrie Irving said, it's just one-on-one pride. Down the stretch, try to come in and help as much as possible. We should have probably trapped him a little bit more, like every team does in the league. Way to throw your coach under the bus. But we didn't. Torches us every time we play him, so it's no surprise. Yeah, you know what? Kyrie's right. It is no surprise. It's no surprise because Kyrie is the one that is usually guarding Kemba Walker. And guess what? Kemba Walker torches him every time because Kyrie Irving is terrible defensively. He gives up more points than anyone. And again, he's the one calling everyone else out. Kyrie Irving, just stop talking for the sake of your team, for the sake of your chemistry, but beyond the Celtics, for the sake of your future, just stop talking. You're only hurting yourself. Staying in the NBA, you know, we learn that if you have been holding your breath for your brand new big baller brand shoes, yeah, you might be holding your breath for a while. In fact, you might be turning blue because I'm not sure those big baller brand shoes are coming out anytime soon. Remember when LeVar Ball was going to put Nike and Under Armour out of business with his bland, pathetic nurse shoes that actually made Steph Curry's horrible-looking shoes look attractive by comparison, except that Big Baller Brand was going to be charging you like $500 a pair. And remember when this all came out, and there were actually some pro athletes and some celebrities tweeting that they were ordering a few pairs because, hey, LeVar Ball is going to show the shoe companies what's what. Yeah, I hope y'all kept your receipt. Because one, we have never really heard more about these shoes coming out. And then... Over the weekend, we heard that Los Angeles Laker and resident bricklayer Alonzo Ball says that he is going to be severing ties with a co-founder of the Big Baller brand over concerns that longtime family friend Alan Foster has a criminal past and also has not accounted for the whereabouts of roughly $1.5 million from Alonzo Ball's personal and business accounts. Lonzo said that he believes Foster, a friend of his dad's for almost a decade, who owns 16.3% of the Big Baller brand, had used his access to his business and personal finances to enrich himself. As a result, he is going to sever all ties with Allen effective immediately. Now, in 2002, Allen Foster was sentenced to more than seven years in prison after pleading guilty to one count of mail fraud and two counts of money laundering as part of a scheme that defrauded 70 investors of 4 million bucks. That is according to federal court records. And Foster was ordered to pay 3.7 million bucks back in restitution to the victims. What's the old saying? If you lay down with dogs, you wake up with fleas. Yeah, 
big baller brand seems to have gotten themselves an expensive case of fleas. Hey, I hope none of my Daily Dose listeners were waiting on those big baller brand shoes because I don't think they're coming anytime soon. Finally, we learned that the Tennessee Volunteers women's basketball team, yeah, right now they're making the wrong kind of history. Their 38th consecutive appearance in the NCAA women's tournament was actually pretty short-lived. They got beat in the opening round by UCLA on Saturday, and now there are questions coming out about the historic program and the state of their new head coach, Holly Warlick. The Lady Vols were seeded number 11 in the tournament. They went down 89-77 to UCLA. That is just the second time in the last 10 years they have not made it past the first round. And now it is starting to sound like there are players, there are people in administration, there are people around the University of Tennessee saying, yeah, we're not really sure if Holly Warlick is the person that should be leading this program. It doesn't really seem like she's understanding how to keep this program going. Hey, it is never easy to be the one after the great one. And following a legend like Pat Summit, that is going to be one of the toughest jobs ever. Win a game or two in the dance this year? Yeah, you probably keep your critics at bay. But when you go out in the first round, and it is the second time it's happened in the past few years, yeah, you're going to start getting some people taking some really, really hard shots at you. And right now, we are used to the University of Tennessee women's program just being dominant. Yeah, they're not dominant anymore. No one is afraid of the Tennessee Volunteers like they were when Pat Summit was there. And I think Holly Warlick could be in a world of trouble. We know those Vols fans want some wins. Hey, they'll be okay for a little bit because the men's program is doing well, but they're going to want their women's program built back up as soon as possible. You know, one final thing we did learn in the past few days, we did also learn that the NCAA men's basketball tournament, once again, it is living up to the hype. And has it been as exciting as it has in the past few years? Maybe not as many upsets. A lot of the top seeds are still going forward, but we have had some very good games. We have had some great comebacks. We have had some great finishes. I know the Duke Central Florida game was one of the better games we have seen so far. Every single year, March Madness lives up to the hype. Now, while we didn't get to dive into March Madness too much today, we didn't get to talk about some of the games. Never fear, because tomorrow on the Daily Dose, we are going to be spending the entire show looking at the biggest winners and the biggest losers from the NCAA tournament so far. Hey, we have a ton of college hoops to talk tomorrow on the dose. Hey, I have to say thank you all so much for listening to the Daily Dose on your Tuesday. For all of you that share the show, that tell your friends, that email us, that text us, that message us, thank you so much. It is appreciated. Thank you all for signing up for our March Madness bracket. Thank you all for going over to Tee Public and picking up your Daily Dose gear. Thank you so much for sharing the show with a sports fan that you know. Hey, I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday.